Hello and welcome back to episode three of the Hypnobirthing podcast. My name is Claire and today's episode is going to be all about my birth stories. So I have two daughters, they are three and one. Um, actually she's three and a half and my youngest is 20 months so she's she's nearly two, she's too soon. Um, so they are quite close in age. Elle, my first daughter, was only 20 months when Amelie, my second daughter, came along. So yeah, so they're close in age and that obviously can be challenging but the majority of the time it's really great fun and it's lovely seeing them get on so well and play together and yeah they they love each other to bits so it's it's lovely for us to see so when I was pregnant with Elle we my husband and I went and we did our hypnobirthing course I think I was around 28 weeks pregnant when we went and did it um and what led us to doing hypnobirthing was Basically, I, as a as a personality, am quite, I like, I don't want to call myself a control freak because I don't think I am, but I like to kind of know what's coming next. I like to plan. I like to have some idea in my mind about what's happening. And obviously when you bring birth into it, that just isn't really possible in birth. You can't control your birth. So I had this vision for years of just me in labor on a bed just scared and unsure of what was happening feeling out of control feeling really helpless and that was what I really wanted to avoid I didn't want that so I learned about hypnobirthing through a friend of a friend I think had done it Elle was born in 2016 so I was this was I was pregnant in 2016 and that isn't even that long ago but even then hypnobirthing wasn't as popular it wasn't as well known as it is now and we still have a long way to go in into getting it more recognized but even back then it, it wasn't really and so I didn't really know anybody firsthand who had done it but yeah I had heard stories about people who had done hypnobirthing and who loved it and after reading up about it I thought you know it's worth a go because it might just help me feel more in control even though obviously I wouldn't be in control but I needed something for my mind to calm me basically. So my husband, in terms of how he reacted to hypnobirthing and how he felt around uh, the upcoming birth, he's actually probably quite a rare example, but he, his mum is, or was, she's retired now, but she was a midwife for many, many years, a very experienced midwife. She did many hospital births and many home births. So he kind of almost grew up around birth and he he knew birth was normal and it was safe and he had heard you know, probably many birth stories from his mum about birth and she attended many home births and her view on, on it was just that it's very normal and safe and, you know, yes, have a home birth and all of this. So his view on it was that he never found birth scary. He anyway, as a, as a personality, is very chilled and he's cool as a cucumber, so... He wouldn't, he's not the type to be um, nervous or stressed out about it anyway. But aside from that, he also just had this upbringing where I think it was so part of everyday life that it was normal for him. So he, in terms of hypnobirthing, he was happy to go along with whatever I wanted to do. Like he felt totally fine about the birth. And so he was happy to go along with hypnobirthing. He 
you know, had read a bit about it as well and thought it would be beneficial. He knows the type of person I am and that that would probably help me. So we went along, as I said, I was around 28 weeks and yeah, we did it in one weekend. The course was Saturday and Sunday. So we, we had a lot of information that we took in over that weekend and we were both just totally sold on it. I had so much excitement to give birth after that. I felt like I could really do it. I had this real self-belief in myself. Uh, the theories, the background, the science behind it all just made so much sense to me and to, and to my husband. And so I felt positive and I felt excited. So Elle was due on the 27th of December and due dates is going to be one of the discussions in an episode. Um, so I use that term loosely when I say due dates, but she was due 27th of December. And I had this real feeling that she was going to be born on Christmas Day. Basically, a year before, very sadly, my granddad had died on Christmas Day. And obviously, it's incredibly sad to lose anybody. But the fact that it was Christmas Day just was really, really sad. And it was a horrible day for all of us. And so I really felt this... I had this strong feeling that she was going to be born on Christmas Day as some kind of... I don't know, as a link to the fact that he had passed away on Christmas Day. So Christmas Day came and went and she wasn't born. Uh, so, which was fine. I didn't I didn't really want her to be born on Christmas Day. Um, I kind of wanted to enjoy my Christmas Day, which I did. And then Boxing Day, so the 26th of December, so the day before her due date, I woke up in the morning, early in the morning. It was about four o'clock in the morning on Boxing Day. And I had some blood so obviously one of the things that we're told to look out for uh, when we kind of could be going into labor is a a mucus plug which is kind of like a gooey greeny bloody snotty consistency not very nice i mean the word mucus is in it so it kind of gives you an idea of how it looks and i didn't this wasn't what it looked like to me um when i woke up that morning it didn't look like a mucus plug so I called the hospital and I just told them, oh, one more thing, sorry, I forgot to mention this, we had booked a home birth, so after doing hypnobirthing, we booked a home birth, which was something that I personally never thought I would book, even even after doing hypno, straight after doing the course, I was, I was still like, no, 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 I don't want I don't want a home birth, but then I just gradually changed my mind and we booked one and we got all the stuff and we got twinkly lights, we got a birth pool, we had it all, so on that morning on Boxing Day when I rang the hospital, they told me to come in. Um, so I was I was apprehensive, obviously, because I wanted to be at home. I wanted a home birth. I didn't really want to go into hospital, but I knew that it was probably the best thing to do. I was, it was first time for me. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure everything was, was fine. So off we went into hospital at four o'clock in the morning um, where they checked me and they told me that I had thrush. Now, I was really surprised at this because I hadn't had any symptoms at all and I just really didn't think I had it, but they told me I did. So, and they also really helpfully told me that I was, my cervix was nicely closed. Um, And as anyone who is 40 weeks pregnant knows, it's just, they just don't really want to be hearing that when they get examined at 40 weeks pregnant. You want, I was kind of hoping they might tell me I was, you know, two, three centimetres dilated already. But no, my cervix was nicely closed, so I felt a bit disheartened. But again, you know, part of the teachings of hypnobirthing is that, that actually that doesn't matter. A vaginal examination 
doesn't tell you that much. And again, this is a topic for a different episode. So despite that, all of that, they wanted to keep me in to uh, monitor me for the day. So they kept me in all day. So it was all of Boxing Day, um, which was quite frustrating because we wanted to go and enjoy our Boxing Day. Um, but we, we, you know, we stayed in the hospital and it got to, I think considering we went in at four o'clock in the morning, I think it got to about five o'clock in the afternoon and nothing was happening, nothing, you know, nothing had changed and I wanted to go home basically. So I was seconds away from discharging myself. I had the pen in my hand. I was about to sign the discharge notes myself. And then the consultant came along and discharged me. So I, so we went home and by this time I had been getting very uh, mild tightenings, I would say. And I had noticed them when I'd been in the hospital, but I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want to be kept in. I wanted to go home because I wanted a home birth. So we came back home and yeah, they progressed, you know, they got more regular and they got stronger. So I would say it sort of started around five o'clock just as we were leaving hospital. And so I sort of, I tried to go to bed, tried to get some sleep, but I couldn't really. So I had a bath and my husband got some sleep. You know, I said, you go and sleep because there's not a lot you can do right now. So, you know, you sleep and I'll call you if I need you basically. So I was in the bath for hours and I think around two o'clock in the morning, we called the midwife and just said, you know, we can someone come and just sort of see what's going on. So they sent a lovely midwife out and she che- she did check me. She um, did an examination, which I wanted. Um, and she told me I was two centimetres. So, you know, I think that just shows that kind of 24 hours before I was nicely closed. My cervix was nicely closed. And, you know, I've, I had progressed a fair bit in that 24 hours. So they told me I was, I was two centimetres. Um, and basically she left again because they don't typically stay with you until you're in um, active labour. So around four centimetres. So she went and again we just sort of continued on at home. I um I think I was probably back in the bath. I was trying to lay in bed and it got to around seven o'clock in the morning and we it kind of ramped up a bit, so we called the midwife and she came back out. So, long story short, I laboured at home um all of that day. So this was now the 27th of December and I laboured at home for all of that day. I had a birth pool. Um, we had relaxing music, we had candles, we had twinkly lights, it was Christmas, so we had um, the Christmas tree with the Christmas lights. It was it was very calm and it was very relaxing and time for me just flew by because I was so in it that I didn't, you know, notice that all these different midwives were changing shift and um, that all this time was going by. So I laboured, yes, for a long time. And then it got to, I would say, around, I don't know, 11 o'clock in the evening. And I was at the stage where I needed to start breathing my baby out. So this stage, for me, lasted quite a while. I think it was around two and a half hours of me trying to breathe the baby out on my own. And my body was doing its own 
pushing I wasn't I wasn't pushing at all my body just had the fetal ejection reflex which is what it's called when it pushes it out itself um so it was doing that for a long time um unfortunately by that point I was so exhausted it had been such a long time since I'd been awake since four o'clock in the morning on boxing day this was 11 o'clock in the evening on the 27th I'd been awake all of that time I think I'd barely eaten because I was just so in the zone which is bad you need to eat and you need to drink I mean my husband was doing a very good job of making sure I was eating and I was drinking um but you know you don't eat full meals so I was pretty exhausted and Elle was exhausted as well she was tired you know it's her labor too she'd been trying to come out for all that time too so it got to a point where the midwives had sort of said you know we her Elle's heart rate's going down you know it's just fluctuating a bit it's it's taking a bit longer to recover so we would recommend you transfer into hospital just for a bit of help basically and they had said you know is it okay if we get an ambulance here as a precaution it's not you know it's not an emergency but we just want them here in case we need to go into hospital so I was fine with that Um, and then after a bit longer of of kind of stage two of breathing baby out um, and she they kept kind of seeing her head and then she would kind of go back up (laughs) So it was just exhaustion. We just were so exhausted. So yeah, I agreed. And we went into hospital and it was absolutely fine. It was not scary. We went in the ambulance. Um, it wasn't an emergency of any kind. It was absolutely fine. I was fine. My husband was fine. Everyone was fine. Um, and then, yeah, we got taken up to the delivery suite and I ended up having an episiotomy and forceps. And she was born. She was born, I would say, about 15 minutes after we got to hospital. It was so quick and she was there. Now, if you had asked me before I had her what the two things were that I didn't want, it was an episiotomy and forceps. <laughs> and they were the things that I ended up with. But I have to say, because of my hypnobirthing, I was fine. It's hard to explain, but my birth, my birth experience with L was so positive I had birthed how I had wanted really because the majority of my labor had been at home in the birth pool in my own environment which is what I had wanted it was just the last 15 minutes that hadn't been so in terms of what I wanted it was everything I wanted I would have probably preferred it to have been a bit shorter but we can't control these things and I look back at it now as a really really positive experience and I think that it shows that a birth doesn't have to look a certain way to be a hypnobirth it can involve having an episiotomy and having forceps and being in the hospital and actually giving birth on your back because that all of those things is what happened and it was hypnobirthing because every decision that I had made had been my own and had I had been 100% happy with and that is why I felt very empowered by my birth and very happy with it and very um, proud of my birth. So that was Elle's birth. So Amelie's birth, so she, as I said she's 20 months younger than Elle so just 20 months later we were back again and this time I was adamant that I was having a home birth. I was very confident that I would be able to have her at home. Again, I practiced my hypnobirthing throughout um, throughout my pregnancy and I was 
yeah, really, really confident that it was going to happen this time. I had visualised it a lot. I had seen it in my mind what was going to happen. And as far as I was concerned, that was what was happening. So I was 38 plus six. So 38 weeks plus six days pregnant. And we had just been to a child's birthday party with Elle. And we'd got home and my water's broke, which hadn't happened with Elle. My waters didn't break beforehand with Elle, but they did this time, which I wasn't expecting. So, and and it wasn't a a big Hollywood gush, as you see in the films. It was sort of just a slow trickle of water. I had just been to the toilet and I thought, hang on a minute, I've just been to the toilet. I can't, I can't possibly be weeing myself. (laughs) This must be something else. So... I finally realised it was my waters and I just sat there on the toilet. I didn't know what to do. We'd had a bit of work done to our house um, in the months leading up to my due date. And Tom, my husband, he had one more job to do, which was just to paint our porch, paint the inside of our porch. And he was doing it when my waters broke. And we just laughed at one the last job to do. And he was sort of saying, hey, just hang on a minute. I've just got one more bit to do. So anyway, I sat on the toilet and... Um, you know, kind of let the water come out. And then I remember I just laid on the bed for a bit. My contractions didn't start straight away. So I rang the hospital to tell them that my waters had broken. And because my contractions hadn't started again, they wanted me to go in to be just, you know, for them just to check that it was my waters that went. So once again, I really didn't want to go into the hospital, but I thought I probably should. So Elle went off to my mum's house and we went into the hospital. So this was probably about seven o'clock in the evening we went into hospital. In hospital they just monitored me for a bit um, and then they checked and they said immediately, yes it is your waters. As soon as they looked at me they knew it was my waters, which I, I could have put good money on the fact that it was my waters. So they basically, because my contractions hadn't started yet, they said if they don't start within the next... I think it was sort of 30 hours or something um, to go back in and they booked me in um, for not the next morning obviously because this was about seven o'clock in the evening so not the next day but the day after about eight o'clock in the morning they booked me in for an induction so I felt quite deflated at that I knew I didn't want to be induced um, so they so off we went we went back home and I had a bit of a wobble again because I, I wanted my contractions to start I wanted to be able to do it this time at home and I knew that you can't you know you can't make them start so Tom was just like you know just have something to eat go to bed just relax it will happen so I had some Weetabix and I went to bed I think I probably got a little bit of sleep and then I woke up about 11 o'clock with contractions which was obviously very welcome. I I welcomed them. And so I just laid in bed for a bit on my side, just breathing through them, using my hypnobirthing breathing. And then we, my husband and I, we went downstairs for a bit. I sat on my birth ball. We watched Friends on the television because it makes me laugh. So I knew that would release lots of oxytocin, which is what I needed to get my labour going. Um, I also went back upstairs for a bit you know I moved around the house and then it got to about four o'clock in the morning and I knew something had changed my contractions were still only every four minutes lasting about a minute and the hospital kept telling me they need to be every three minutes lasting for a minute before we can send anyone out and but they had been every four minutes for ages so it got to four o'clock in the morning and they were still every four minutes 
but I knew something had changed, something had ramped up, I felt different. So I said to Tom, you need to ring them and tell somebody they need to come, They need. we need someone here, which he did. And they did send somebody out. They sent out two lovely midwives and they came in and they just observed me for a bit. They didn't do a vaginal examination because my waters had broken. There is a risk, increased risk of infection if they then do a vaginal examination. So they didn't do that. They just observed me for a bit um, until they felt comfortable with themselves that I was in established labour, which again, I knew I was. So once they were comfortable with that, they said, here's some gas and air, um, which they gave me. They then checked me and I was nine and a half centimetres. So all of this time, Tom's there filling up the birth pool. He's doing his, his job is to do the birth pool. So he's blowing it up, he's filling it up with water. Um, I'm just sort of chatting to the midwives, breathing through my contractions. And yeah, they check me and I'm nine and a half centimetres. And they said, basically, if you get the urge, then go for it. If you get the, the pushing urge, then just go for it. Um, which I did, and she was born in, I think, two two pushes she was out. Um, very quick, very different from first time. Oh, and this was, she was born at 6.49 in the mornings. So she was born pretty quick. I'd say it was a, a pretty quick labour. My second stage was definitely very quick compared to uh, with Elle, where it was two and a half hours. This time was, honestly, I think it was, I think it was like five minutes. It was so crazy quick and she was born and she was perfect and it was at home and it was amazing it was such a great experience being at home they just checked her um, I, I did need some stitches so they did the stitches and then they just left and we were just left at home by ourselves they made me tea they made me toast and it was so lovely and we just waited for Elle to be brought back and it was just a really lovely experience being at home so those are my birth stories. I would consider them as fairly different from each other. They obviously are similar in some ways, but um, I think different, and that perhaps is the difference between a first and a second labour. The other thing just to note is that I do happily use the word contraction when I talk about myself, because that word never bothered me, so I always just used contraction. But in hypnobirthing, we do say if that word makes you think of something contracting or a pain then don't use it replace it with surge or wave so when I teach hypnobirthing I, I always use the, the word surge um, but just personally for me contraction was not an issue and I found it fine and if you find it a fine word then use it um but yeah so they are my birth stories and I really hope you enjoyed listening to them I, I love telling them and I love telling people my positive stories and I love hearing positive stories I really feel like there's not enough of them out there uh, but yes so thank you so much for listening so the next episode is due to be released on the 29th of June and it is going to be a history of hypnobirthing so I'm going to talk to you about where hypnobirthing came from and the sort of the history behind it and how it's grown and how it has become what it is today basically so hopefully that's of interest and you listen in and once again thank you so much for listening and i will speak to you soon